You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. I think the Lord requires commitment because it cures complacency. Think about when you're the most in love with Jesus. Think about a time when you loved Jesus more than anything before the world seemed to creep in and pull you away. You were probably super committed to him. You read daily, you prayed daily, you looked at your Bible all the time. I mean, remember those days when you were so excited about the Lord, you couldn't wait to tell somebody about Jesus because you were so committed to him. You were so committed to him. You gave him the highest importance in your life. In today's message, Pastor Dave will remind you of a time when you were personally on fire for Jesus. You probably read your Bible daily, prayed daily, and couldn't wait to share the love of Jesus with someone because you were so committed to Him. Maybe that's still you. And today, Pastor Dave invites you to reignite that fire and commitment. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of Judges chapter 11 as he continues his message, Did He or Didn't He? You are sure. It's interesting. You see, either way is pliable. Well, hopefully we'll know when we get to heaven. Hopefully we'll know. It doesn't seem like it, but these are one of those mysteries that we can't solve. We look at it and go, well, yeah, he did. Okay, you're right. The scripture says that. Either way, but either way, look at it this way. Either way, it was a tremendous sacrifice on Jephthah's part. Either way, because he only had the one child. He only had the one child. He didn't have any sons or daughters. There were no sons or daughters. Only the one child. Following this whole way of looking, turn to Psalm 15, please. We're going to continue in this thought. We're going to talk about commitment. We're going to talk about, we're going to, we're going to continue here. We're not going to move on into uh, chapter 12. Let's look at Psalm 15, please. Psalm 15 reads this way. Lord, who may abide in your tabernacle, who may dwell in your holy hill? He who walks uprightly and works righteousness and speaks the truth in his heart. He who does not backbite with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor, nor does he take up reproach against his friend, in whose eyes a vile person is despised, but he honors those who fear the Lord. He who swears to his own hurt and does not change. He who does not put out his money at usry, nor does he take a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things shall never be moved. The Lord is saying here that we can be immovable and we can be solid in our relationship when we swear our own hurt and do not change. When we swear to our own hurt and do not change. Now, many great Bible expositories believe that Christians are spiritually impotent because we don't keep our commitments. We make vows, promises to God. And when the slightest hurt comes our way, we renege and drop out of the commitment. It says here that he who swears to his own hurt and does not change. Every January 1st, people make commitments to the Lord. 
Every January 1st, people make commitments to the Lord. Some people call them resolutions. Some people make actual commitments to the Lord. Lord, this year I am going to read my Bible every single day of the week. I'm going to pray for 45 minutes. I'm going to read six chapters every single day. January 2nd comes and they've already broken the vow. We make vow when the slightest hurt comes our way. We don't go. Or we say these things and then we say something like, being it's January 1st, Lord, I'm going to do it right after the ball game. I'll get to you, Lord, right after this. I've done that many times. Guilty right here. I've done that times. I love it when somebody comes in. One of the worst things that someone can say to me when they're brand new to the church, I love it because it's happened too many times. I see it all the time, is I'll go up to somebody brand new at the end of the service. They'll come out. That's a great service. I love that, man. I'm coming back here every day from now on, every Sunday from now on. And I think I'll never see you again. Because 95% of the time, I don't. It's crazy. I'll be here every Wednesday night for Bible study. Except this year, I didn't know it was the last year of American Idol. But we see throughout Scripture, what I'm getting at, we see throughout Scripture that God responds to sacrificial commitment. God responds to sacrificial commitment. I mentioned Hannah. Lord, give me a son and I will dedicate him to you. Give me a son and I will give him back to you. How that must have hurt. She was barren. She didn't have a son. She was belittled because she didn't give birth to a son. And then she prays that prayer and God gives her a son. And then she has to take the son and give him up. Wow. Imagine that. There was sacrifice there. There was hurt there. I imagine it hurt. And I, I just see the, you read the story of Hannah, such a, Gorgeous, beautiful story about this woman. We studied it, I think, one um, Mother's Day. Uh, great, beautiful story of this woman. And every, every year she would go back once a year to see her son. And she would take him coats that she would knit and stuff. Oh, you just feel for her. You just hurt for her every year. Can you imagine that? But she kept her vow. There's a gentleman by the name of Shammah in 2 Samuel 23 who made a vow and kept it. And then there's the widow who made a vow to give everything she had when she went to the temple treasury and dropped in two mites. Two mites. She gave everything she had. How'd she eat that day? You know, think about it. Let me take you back 2,000 years ago. She didn't go home and open the refrigerator and go, what's for dinner? What kind of microwave tonight? No. You didn't have it. If you didn't get it, if you didn't buy it or own it and kill it, you didn't eat. She took two bites and dropped it in. They probably did. Sure. And why wouldn't we believe that? I think God supplied her a hundredfold, a hundredfold. And then there's this beautiful picture of, they believe it's the Saturday before Palm Sunday or Friday or Saturday before Palm Sunday. There's this gorgeous picture of this woman who takes this huge super expensive box. It's called an alabaster box of perfume that is like really, really very expensive. And what does she do with it? She pours it over Jesus. She anoints him and pours it over Jesus. Does sacrificial commitment move the heart of God? 
It appears that way. It appears that sacrificial commitment moves the heart of God. Please turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 9. Jesus told the disciples they must count the cost of discipleship. They must count the cost of discipleship. Beginning in verse 57 through the end of the chapter. Now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever I go. And the Lord Jesus said to him, foxes have holds, birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Then he said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go bury my father. Then Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. And another said to him, Lord, I will follow you, but first let me go and bid them farewell or at my house. Jesus said, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Commitment. Commitment. One word, commitment. I believe that the Lord requires commitment for us And I've come up with three reasons why I think the Lord requires commitment. And this is where we'll finish up tonight. The first thing I think the Lord requires commitment because it cures complacency. Think about when you're the most in love with Jesus. Think about a time when you love Jesus more than anything before the world seemed to creep in and pull you away. You were probably super committed to him. You read daily, you prayed daily, you looked at your Bible all the time. I mean, remember those days when you were so excited about the Lord, you couldn't wait to tell somebody about Jesus because you were so committed to him. You were so committed to him. You gave him the highest importance in your life. Remember those days? You were committed. Yeah, but then all of a sudden I grow lazy and I grow lazy in my commitment and I'm not reading my word every day and I'm not praying every day and I'm not telling people about Christ and I'm, I'm getting a little lazy in my commitment and things seem to go sour. My love begins to grow cold. My love begins to grow cold. Something happens. I feel a distance. I feel a distance between me and the Lord. But the Lord hasn't left. He's right there. Somehow you've wandered off. Somehow your commitment isn't the same as what it was. It's not there. Look what he tells the church of Ephesus. Look what he tells the church of Ephesus. He says, I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not. You found them to be liars. You have persevered and you have patience. You've labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you. You have left your first love. Your commitment is not what it used to be. Sure, you're still working. Sure, you're still doing the things that you think are right. And it looks good. But what about me? I don't know if you were here when I said it. And if not, I'll repeat it again anyhow. Jesus did not save me to be a pastor. Jesus saved me so that I could have a relationship with him. And that is the most important thing to him is my relationship with him, not what I'm doing right now, believe it or not. And I believe that with all my heart. He didn't save me to be a pastor. He saved me to have a relationship with him. And that is first and premier. Premier. He says, remember therefore from where you've fallen. Repent and do your first works. What were my first works? Man, when I was really in love with the Lord, man, reading his word, devouring everything I could get, listening to tapes, listening to preaching, singing worship songs as I was driving. Remember those? That was great. He says, do that again. 
Do that again. And so many of us, when we're out there like that, we think, oh, I lost my salvation. I'm done. No, the Lord says you've left your first love, not lost your first love. You've misplaced it. Your priorities are different. You've allowed the world to come and squeeze you down. Squeeze the priorities down. And instead of Jesus being first in your life, he became second, then third, then fourth, then fifth. And you keep pushing him down with things above him. Work, relationship, children, pets, fishing, you name it, all these things. Good things in and of themselves. Good things. But they've taken the place of Jesus. Commitment. When you're committed to the Lord, you're not complacent. You're you're not complacent. You want to do these things. Remember when you used to pray with your spouse together and love the Lord with your life. Maybe it's time to do that again. You know, it's interesting, but in case you haven't noticed, I've lost a pound or two. And every day I like to get on a scale and look at the scale. And when I look at the scale after a day or so, when I see a couple pounds come back, I start getting crazy again and start wanting to do this, this time, this kind of stuff. That's how we should feel about our relationship with Christ. That's how we should feel about our relationship with Christ. It's slow. Maybe you want to run a marathon. My suggestion is to you, don't go sign up for the Philadelphia Marathon tomorrow and run 26 miles, 385 yards. Don't do that. You're going to work at it. You're going to take some time or start slow. Come back to Jesus. Start slow. Be recommitted to him. Start slow. Instead of saying, I'm going to read five hours, give him five minutes. Give him five minutes. In fact, Greg Laurie put a book out. It was great. It was a long time ago. I have it. It's paperback. It's falling apart. About this fix. The name of it is Five Minutes with Jesus. It's a great, great book. I have to find it. I don't know where it is. If you don't know where to start, let me give you a suggestion. The Gospel of John. Start reading the Gospel of John again. Isn't that where we tell the new Christians to go? When somebody becomes born again, the first thing we say, you need to read the Gospel of John. Well, you want to get back in touch with the Lord? Read the Gospel of John. Start reading the Gospels. Get back to him. Remember your first love. Secondly, commitment is necessary because the rewards of commitment are eternal. The rewards for commitment are eternal. If You don't have to turn there. I'll find it for you. In 2 Timothy, in 2 Timothy, Paul writes to his beloved son in the faith in chapter 1, verse 12. He says, for this reason, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed for I know and I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until the day. If I've committed my life to him, he's able to keep it till that day. Even the smallest commitment is honored by God. He'll keep it. He'll accept it. So commitment cures complacency. Commitment has rewards toward eternal. And thirdly and lastly, commitment is your response to the cross of Jesus Christ. It is your response. That's how we respond to the cross of Jesus Christ. God, we love God. Why? Because he first loved us. That's a response. That is a response. You are responding to God's love for you. You're responding back to God's love for you. We read Romans 12, 1. It says, offer your bodies a living sacrifice, which is your reasonable service. Why? 
because of what Christ did on the cross, it's reasonable that we would then offer ourselves back to him. This is commitment. When you understand the fact, when you get into a deeper fact that this was not just a man hanging on a cross, it was God who left the throne room, came down here, took on humanity, felt everything that you feel now and everything that you will feel and gave it all up to hang on a cross. Stepped off that throne. Why? Because of his vast love for us. God demonstrated his love for it that while we were sinners, Christ died on the cross. When I look at the cross of Jesus Christ, there's only one thing that I can say, and that's, Lord, I want to be committed to you because of what you've done for me. What did Jesus give for you? Everything he had. So it's only sense that we give back the same thing. Commitments are special and we must keep them. Be careful what you commit to the Lord. This was Jephthah's problem. Be careful what you commit to the Lord. If you walk in footsteps of faith like Jephthah, your commandment will cost you dearly. You will be hurt. If there's no hurt, there's no change. If you have to hurt, there will be sacrifice. There will be sacrifice. When I committed my life to the Lord and I commit myself to the Lord, there was a sacrifice. I lost friends. I lost family members. All sorts of things. But we studied in the wonderful book of Romans, the wonderful thing of Romans in verse 18 and verse 8, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Because guess what, folks? This suffering that you're going through right now, and please, 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 I am not minimizing your suffering. But the suffering you're going through right now, guess what? It's a blip. It's a blip. I see a picture of Jesus in Jephthah. I do. Jesus was born seemingly illegitimate. We know who his father is. But... Those around him did not know who his father is, save Mary and Joseph. But he was treated as an illegitimate person. He was shunned and despised, even called names because of his illegitimacy. But Jesus, like Jephthah, surrounded himself with rough and tumble guys. You know, these fisher people, they're pretty tough. They're rough. They're tough. I wouldn't want their job. I wouldn't want to do it. I watch Deadliest Catch. There's no way I'm going to go on that boat. There's just absolutely no way I'm going to do that kind of stuff. And thank God for them that they chose to do what they do. But they're rough. They're rough and tumble. So Jesus surrounded himself with them. Israel said, save us to Jephthah. And he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And he went across the Jordan and defeated an army. Jesus came to the Jordan, was baptized, and the Holy Spirit came on him like a dove. In the Jordan, Japheth sacrificed after the victory. Jesus was the sacrifice and won the victory. Even when we are faithless, he is faithful. So even if you choose to renege on your commitment, he will still be ever faithful to you. 
Well, you think, well, wait a minute. If that be the case, well, I can become real apathetic about that. But that's true. But think of the blessings you're missing out. Thinking of the blessings that you're missing out on by committing yourself to Christ. Following Jesus through your commitment, keeping your commitment to him, you may made to him during the rough times and the desperate times. Remember those commitments you made to Christ when you're on your knees, tears streaming down your face because you're hurt so bad, because you're in so difficult times. Oh, Lord, just get me out of this. Get me out of this and I'll do this. I don't know what came out of your mouth. Get me out of this and I'll do this. Get me out of this and I'll do that. Watch your faith grow and let it build. And you become stronger and stronger and stronger. Christ is calling you tonight from these scriptures right here. He's calling you tonight. Remember from whence you've fallen. Remember from whence you've slid. Repent and do your first works. Fall in love with your Savior all over again. Fall in love with Jesus all over again. Keep your commitments and watch how he blows your socks off. Keep your commitments to him and let him work in your life. And I will end with this one scripture. This one scripture. Paul, talking to the church of Ephesus, we had to go to the Ephesians, you know that. He says, and it's funny because it, it, the heading is application of the mystery. Verse 14, he says, of chapter um, 3, he says, for this reason, I bow my knees to the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Listen to these words. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, and the height. To know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, and that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Wow. That's my prayer for you. That's my prayer for us today. And then the kicker. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thank you. We don't know the fate that beheld Jephthah's daughter, it appears that he sacrificed her. When we read the words in our Bibles, it appears that he did. We don't know for sure. There's been a lot of controversy over it. But we can learn a lot from the commitment. We can learn a lot from committing ourselves to our, our Lord. He is ever committed to you and has already demonstrated that commitment. He had such a commitment towards you that he went to a cross. Saying, keep that in form from your minds. Keep that in the forefront of your mind. That's what he did for you because he was so committed to you. You are As our time is coming to a close for the day, you don't have to stop studying God's Word. Feel free to read ahead in the book of Judges and find more teachings from this series online at assurehoperadio.com. 
All of Pastor Dave's messages are available to download for free. You can even subscribe to our podcast on iTunes to have updated messages sent right to your computer or phone. Find links at our website. Again, that's assurehoperadio.com. We'd love to pray for you as you journey through this life with Jesus. So please let us know how we can do that. Give us a call at 609-884-5821. That's 609-884-5821. We're so blessed to be able to share God's Word with you with each new edition of Assure Hope. But we want to encourage you to find a local church to attend regularly as well. Being a part of a body of Christ gives you a place to learn and grow with other imperfect people while providing an outlet for your unique God-given gifts. If you're in the Cape May area, we'd love to have you come by Calvary Chapel, Cape May. Beginning April 12th, we are moving to two services on Sundays, one at 8.30 a.m. and another at 10.30 a.m. Come join us for worship and Bible study, and we do have childcare available. For more information and to get directions, visit assurehoperadio.com. That's assurehoperadio.com. And that brings us to the end of our program for today. Thanks for tuning in to this verse-by-verse study in Judges. And join us again right here on Assure Hope.